Yourself. Hey, everybody. It's another episode of Go Flix Yourself. My name is Ben Conowitz, and with me, as always, is the Chuck E. Cheese to my Dave and Buster's Bradford Omen. Hey, that's me. Come on down. Listen to the Chuck E. Cheese Chesters. We're the band. The Chuck E. Cheese Chesters? Yeah. That's not, uh, that's not, uh, that's unsettling. Come to the Pizza Old Explosion and Party. Chester Molester Old over there. Celebration Station, Nate Laux. I don't have an impression again, man. I just suck at that. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think the Celebration Station dog ever. Did yeah, anything. I don't. I don't remember. I also thought he looked vaguely sad. Yeah, it was like I'm. I'm here putting on a show for you guys, but I don't want to be. Yeah, like he it, looked like a like a, a show dog. It you was know, like it didn't get adopted from the abso- shelter, and, and, and they had to forced do that. to yep. work. Yeah. That's what I figured. And uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, just go see if you can find Celebration Station. It was it was like a Chuck E. Cheese kind of facility uh, that was located here in the Midwest. Charles. Entertainment Cheese, yes, his, <laughs> which is his real name. Entertainment is his middle name. Literally. Yeah. Uh, and also, I always remember the gorilla playing the drums mm-hmm. at the Chuck E. Cheese band was very creepy. Yes. His eyes didn't really close all that good. And so you just look staring at him. He's staring right at you playing those drums. Yeah. He's going to hurt me. I'm going to blow your mind right now. Yeah. It wasn't real. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Go Flix Yourself, guys. It's another episode. We're having a great time. We're talking about movies, trailers. We've mm-hmm. got a discussion coming up at the end of the podcast because I forgot to write the game. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, we talk about the last movies we've seen. We review trailers. We have some fun. Enjoy some laughs. Brett, who's some the portals, if you Who, will? Who's the sponsor this week, buddy? Well, you know, Ben, let me ask you something. Okay. How, how much do you identify with the Juggalos? <laughs> Very close. I was so I was really going to try to take it seriously for once in my life and be like, "What? Hey, what's your favorite fall season? What, you know, fall season? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, oh, fall. You know, I was I was going to yes and okay. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to argue, but then it's such a, a ludicrous question. <laughs> so ask it again. I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again. Ben, how, how well do you identify with the jugglers? <laughs> can't do it. You can't do it. Uh, not well. <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, I I listened to ICP back in the day. Oh, who did you really? I had the great Malenko. No, I did. I I saw a documentary on uh, Insane Clown Posse, and like the whole, it is a culture of people oh. that I oh it's did a not culture. know. Exist. I don't know. I don't even want to call it a culture. No, it is. It is. But it is. It is. And they love each other. You know what else they love? For them. They also love Fago Pop. Oh boy! And today I have a Fago, a Fago, a flavor of Fago that I've never seen before. Uh, it's pineapple watermelon with an exclamation point. Pineapple watermelon, uh, and I've never had it before, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pop it open right here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have a nice little sip of it. I'm gonna pop it open. You have a little okay. pop of that figo soda. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like it. Didn't, it, it, it's, didn't, it sounded pretty flat when you've been it. sitting out for an hour and a half. <laughs> Let's give it a little sip though. Ready? Sitting up. Ew! <laughs> what the fuck was that? Is that how all Fago sounds? Are you gonna? Oh, don't spit it up! Is no. it a lie? No, don't, don't spit it up! Is it a lie? I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> it sounded like you let a fly out of the bottle. It, it sounded like the, bu- the, uh, <laughs> the bubbling was like bubbling the side of my lip. Also, uh, here's a surprise that I wasn't anticipating. <laughs> it tastes like shit. No, this doesn't really taste. So much like soda pop as it does like vaguely carbonated fruit juice, and it's not because it's old. It's a no, new... that's Fago. That's what Fago is, though. Not all Fago sodas are like that. Have you had Fago before? Yeah, absolutely. Are you, are you a juggalo? Because like their grape soda is. No, you didn't answer the question. I, I, I can't identify as a juggalo. I I don't want to tell people why because they can't know my name. Is there 
is there something wrong with being a juggalo? <laughs> no, but we like to, we like to live privately. Uh, no, you don't. I do. As a culture? No, yeah. you don't. No, no. Well, only when we have our juggalo parties. Well, thank you so much for listening to Juggalo Corner with Ben, Brad, and Nate. All right. So yeah. uh, we, we watched movies. We did, and you know what? I'm caught up. For real. I really am. You didn't watch the last one? I and watched then... the last one and the first one. All right. Wait, well, so what, what, did, what did you watch, Ben? Guys, I watched Silent House. Yeah. And what'd you think? Uh, it was. Well, now, what is this movie about? Uh, so holy shit, this movie is crazy. Um, it's Elizabeth Olsen mm-hmm. pre Scarlet Witch, yeah, 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays, I'm gonna assume, a 19 to 23 year old, like somewhere in probably that a 20 something, definitely not in, in high school, yeah, uh, maybe in college, whatever. The whole premise of the movie, and you're right, Brad, it was shot to be like one take. There were a couple of times where you could definitely tell that that's where the cuts were they, when they when they shot it they did do the entire movie in a single take but they they did have some things that they had to like stitch together occasionally because it sure. didn't quite work perfectly yep. but that's to be expected I, when you're trying to shoot and 80 i knew minutes. that because you said that i knew that going in so i, I could identify the two yeah. scenes that happened um and it but it's very actually well done very well shot and that means that that the acting is incredible i don't know how many times they had to take these takes but good lord, it was. And so, what is it about? So it's great. Um, so, so go go on. What is it about? Sorry. So it is a, a film about uh, Elizabeth Olsen's character. Uh, is st- it starts off at a, some sort of lake house that's been abandoned, boarded up, or whatever, and she's there with her father and her uncle to like, and they're probably in their like forties ish. Maybe mm-hmm. the the younger uncle is probably in his thirties. The dad's probably in his mid forties. Um, and they're they're clearly so like my age. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little older. They're they're boxing up the house to clearly to get get rid of rid of everything, and uh, all the the kids in the neighborhood have really smashed the glass, so all the windows are boarded up. So you got a boarded up house that they're going through to sell, and it's a little creepy because she it's a horror movie, so they they leave uh, her alone in a few rooms because they're going other places, and she hears something moving, and you're like, oh, what's that? And Ooh. yeah, so <laughs> it, it is a little bit like that. And then a, a friend stops by uh, from back in the day and she's like, oh, my God, Jessica, how are you? I don't know the name. Hey, Jessica. How are you? And she doesn't really, like uh, Elizabeth Olsen's character does not remember her at all. I can't even think of her. And she the woman hugs her and is like, oh, my God, we need to hang out again. It's so good to see you that you're back at the house. And that was really weird. Um, right off the bat, we were making fun of the film. Because it was overtly weird. The Elizabeth Olsen's character is like the dad. When they have this interaction, it's almost flirtatious. And I'm like, this is it was poorly acted. And I'm like, this is just bad acting. Like the dad shouldn't be acting that way. The uncle shouldn't be acting that way because it's just weird that you would be <laughs> like, you're, you're basically hitting on the actress playing the daughter, right? Is how I felt. So we're watching this movie and it's just silly. And so like I'm over at Liz and Jim Bernanke's house and we're watching it with uh, with the kids. And so we're sitting there watching this movie with the teenage, two teenage boys, 15 and 17 and, uh, or sorry, just the 15 year old boy. The, the, the other boy was at work. And so Liz and Jim, uh, are there. We're watching it. Bailey and I going around, haha, no big deal. And then uh, I guess, spoiler alert, it turns out that she has these repressed memories because her father and her uncle used to like make her take photos and do things sexually. Whoa, whoa, you just turned the movie. Yeah. yeah. It was fucking who was, crazy. Who recommended this film to you? Bradford. 
what the fuck is this movie? It was so jarring. And it doesn't weird. have a great Rotten Tomatoes rating, but you like this film? It's 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 good. It's like it's, it's not good. It's good. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's fine <laughs> as far as that, but it's such a weird yeah premise and movie. Yes, but it's like it, I don't know, man. I, I'm still kind of on the fence with it because I I just don't know how to take it. Did did the horror part of it work for no, you? No, that's I think that's the part. I think if it was actually just about that realization and it was it was not having to do with a, a demonic element or whatever it ended up being, it would have been a much better movie. I mean, that's the idea though, is like it's the it's 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 it uses horror as a way of like creating a metaphor for that trauma for the thing that happened. I, I get that, but that, that part was not done very well. I, I don't know. I, I, I liked the way first of all, I, I thought it was very impressive the way that the movie was shot. That and, is impressive as hell. Um and I think Elizabeth Olsen is good in it. And so I just I liked that approach to it of like using real horror as a starting point for that and that meshes with something, something that feels paranormal. It, don't make it laugh out loud silly the interactions between the dad and the uncle and the daughter within the first 10 minutes of the film then. Let it build a little bit because the fact that dad like bumps into the younger and it was like, oh, hey, sweetie, I'm so sorry about that. And it was like, what the fuck is it? It was so hilariously off-putting that I was like, either he's fucking her. Or I'm more concerned that you laughed about it. That just maybe it's you no know, like the group of us were like, who made this movie? This is so stupid. Like, why would they cast it like that? Or maybe so, it's meant to be like that because but it's, again, it's, then it becomes creepy. Well, no, then it's it's hitting you over the head so hard with it that it's laughable. And that's not a good movie. So it, it is the dad supposed to be creepy, though, like. Like, is that the part of it? Is the dad and the uncle, they're just creeps? Yeah, they are. They clearly have, there's a bunch of Polaroids that, that are in the house that she eventually finds that are her when she's like, she's clearly mentally blocked it out. Yeah, so that's part of the, like, that's part of it is, where they're it, going, right? But they, they don't need to, in my opinion, you don't start off there okay. right off the bat. Let it grow a little bit. But man, right, like the first, the first interaction between the uncle and the, and the, and the uh, daughter would have been like, he says like, wow, you've really grown up. Mm. And it's like that. Right off the bat, you're like Jesus Christ, what the fuck? It just it was too heavy handed. So you would, you would prefer it if they take their time and like it's like taking like a uh, slow burn. Yeah. Honestly, there's yeah. more of a, and I, I I sometimes I'm against slow burn movies, but this is a case where I'm like they went way too fast with it. It's a short movie. Okay. Anyway, overall, it was a fine movie. I think the premise is great. I think the technical aspect of it is great. I think Elizabeth Olsen is amazing. She's a I think it, it, there's a lot there that just could have been done better. Yeah. So uh, the big thing too is script. You just didn't like the script of it. So I just didn't like. I get the metaphor of having you know the the actual horror. It doesn't sound like you did. No, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I don't like it. I yeah. There's a lot to talk about there, but it's it's fine. It's fine. What did Bailey think? Uh, same thing. We we were like, why was it so in your face right off the bat that they were sexual towards the dog? Yeah, it, it was just really. It's weird. It's a good question to see if if if. If the film hits differently with women, you know. Also, so I will say this. We're watching it with mixed company in mixed company. So, like, there's a 50-year-old kid in the room. And so you do kind of want to make fun of it a little bit because you're like, this is awkward. Oh, so you use it as a moment to, like, try and be funny and, like, be the cool guy in the room and not actually watch the movie. Classic Yeah, classic Ben here. No, we all did. Yeah. Jim was joking around. Bailey was making some jokes. So maybe you didn't watch this in the best environment where you could really, like, actually, like, appreciate the movie rather than just be dicks about it. No, I, I think that it, they made some poor choices. Speaking of 
the best environment. I watched a film and you guys were like, well, you can't watch it when it's light out and you can't watch it when other people are in the house. Well, it's just more fun. And you if can't you... watch it. It literally could only watch it at two o'clock at night if my kids were staying over at somebody's house. I like to point out, Ben was the one who made all those rules. I just said they were probably good suggestions. You watch a movie however you want to, unless it's Ben's way, which was wrong. I watched Paranormal, Paranormal Activity and it's about Paranormal Activity. When did you watch it? Uh, two nights ago. Was it uh, those parameters? Were you alone? No, I'm. I'm a dad. I'm never alone. Like my kids are there all the time. Were they sleeping? Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't want. What time was it? It was late. I mean, okay. it wasn't. It wasn't two o'clock in the morning. Did you turn the lights off. No. Oh. oh. No, no, no. All right. Uh, well, because I'm cheated a little bit. But I, what'd you I, think? What'd you think? So, I, I think, I think this film clearly. I could see where this film clearly 15 years ago was probably better. And I don't mean that, that it was bad now, but like there are some things that have aged on this film. Right. Yeah. And not in a like classic age way. Like it's just, it, it, it's, it's, it didn't hit probably in a way that it probably would have, if I saw it in the theaters. Cause I understand when I watched it, why this would have hit in a, like a really radical, awesome scary way let me say this too i don't believe in ghosts whoa what <laughs> until i hear a floor creak in my in my house and then i do um but um so this uh, uh i don't believe it goes until i do yep uh until there's some Ooh. noise can i ask you a real question if you if you do hear an honest to goodness noise in the middle of the night is your first inclination that someone's in the house okay do, do, or is your first inclination that's just a weird sound. I'm gonna go back to bed. I live in a 170 year old house, um, and so so there are ghosts everywhere. There are no true story. True story. We're we're getting ready to buy our house. Um, we're looking at our house second time. A neighbor comes over to our realtor, pulls them to the side, very concerned, very concerned about you know again. Did they, they I, know about the murders? Wait, wait, wait. What? So our house at one point, our house is very old, one of the oldest houses in the port, and. Um, Back in the day that it was built, you used to do funerals in your actual house. Um, mm. and so it has a parlor that was specifically built for <laughs> funerals of the family and people that live that room. Oh, my God. Um, so, no, wait. So the neighbor. Wait, okay, hold on. What do you use that room for now? Is it, kids, is it the kids' playroom? Nope. There's a, is it, there's the, a is it the child's playroom? There's room? a TV in there that we don't typically use. It, it is just kind is of it, a. It just flickers on at 3 a.m. <laughs> and it says, Where no, wait, are you? Wait, I, gotta, oh. I gotta get to the best part. So the neighbor comes over, and I, I still don't even know which neighbor it was because partially I think they just didn't want us to move into the house. I don't know. But they tell the realtor, they say, Hey, I want you to know this. This house is haunted. Oh my god! And again, they can buy it. It's fine. We just know that the sellers aren't going to tell them of the things that we have seen in this house. Oh my god! And, and we, what were those things? I don't know. They and didn't. I, they didn't tell you. Well, no. Why? I mean, they talked to my realtor. Not so why didn't? Me. But so why didn't they tell you after the fact? I just. I didn't want to know. I just wanted to buy the house. And then, like, sleep of the white. You movie. are, you are the classic dad from every horror movie. Yeah, you like you. You you're, know about you're it. Craig T. Nelson here still <laughs> have your kids moving into the house, and it's like, good. out. it's the wind. And this is how Honey, the movie we, starts. We put our entire life savings into this house, and just a couple of 
spirits that are sp- the spooking him. And yeah, little Jimmy hasn't slept for four days or closed his eyes, but that's fine. I, it, it's been fine so far. So like one day I walked into my son Finn's room and he was <laughs> crawling on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, it was odd. I don't even know which neighbor told her. She's like, so the realtor comes in and says, I know this is weird, guys. I do want to tell you this just because, again, they told me this. I think it's funny. I think it's weird. But a neighbor did just come up to me and tell me that they're, they've they seen people in the house, in the windows, when people aren't there. Yeah, just squatters. And, again, the house is 170 years old, uh, you know, these kind of things. So, Has anything weird ever happened? Uh, no. For, you don't that sound you, too not, convincing yeah, when you I'll say be, that. Uh, no, they told me I can't say. <laughs> Who's they? The ghost? The ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, paranormal activity, what did you think about the, the, found, right, so the, the found footage the, aspect of it? Okay, it's fun. It is fun. I, I'll say it's more fun than scary um, because, again, I kind of I kind of knew a little bit of what this film is about beforehand. It was such a big film. It was made for $15,000. Yeah. Um, it premiered it, at the, the Slamdance Film Festival, in, which in, is like a, an offshoot of Sundance where there's like even more low-budget movies. What, what's really interesting is it was bought for or it was made for 15000 A studio bought it. I forget, Paramount or somebody bought it. Yeah, Paramount. Um, and they, they immediately invested $200,000 in redoing the ending. Yeah. So, um, which is, again, the scene of the guy being thrown up against the Whoa! Camera. Boy, spoilers. spoilers! It's a 2007 but movie, But it's the guys. end of the movie. I, I will not go into I mean, I spoiled the end of I know. <laughs> the movie just, like, five minutes ago. Yeah, but, like, that movie is smaller. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I, I enjoyed the film. I did. It was a good film to watch yeah. for Halloween time. This was the mo- scary a movie. horror time. It's not supremely acted, quite frankly. It's not like it's not the best horror film I've ever seen. Yeah. But I can understand. I read that Steven Spielberg, when actually watching this film before it released or anything, had to actually stop it. And then because he was watching it at night and stop it and actually watch the rest of it in the morning because he was actually scared watching it. Brad, how about you, buddy? What's the last movie you saw? No. Well, so first of all, I want to say Paranormal Activity, like like you said, you know, it it sparked like a, a whole new movement of found footage movies. Uh, like Blair Witch Project came around and that was before, though, right? Yeah, that came, that was in uh, 1997, 99, I think. 99. Um, and that didn't kick off as big of a craze of movies like that as you might expect. But Paranormal Activity came around at a time when it was easier to do digital movies on the cheap like that where it didn't matter if it was low quality video because you were trying to make it look like it was footage that was shot on a cheaper camera whether it was yeah, that, a phone that was almost digital. a hard thing for me because it really is it's not like a professional film yeah they're like they're, they're security cameras and they're shaky, camcorders yeah you know like you know. and so but like but it added a realm of realism i understand point. why somebody thought yeah. it was real and yeah. so there were a lot of crappy copycats that came out after this you know even the paranormal activity sequels were never really There's like quite as good as the 15 first 15 of them but yeah. but i uh, so in the series though i'm a fan oh yeah i like why i've seen them all yeah same here and if a new one comes out i'm gonna watch it yeah it's they're fun. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun oh, by and large and is so it cloverfield is cloverfield one of these found the first films? the first one was yeah, yeah. um it wasn't the first found footage film, but the first clue. No, 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 but was. I'm first just talking about the genre of yes. found yes. footage yes. films. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, because Cloverfield actually, Chronicle? Think, yep, Cloverfield came out like a year after Paranormal Activity, I think. Um, but, so, yeah, so interestingly enough, Paranormal Activity, so uh, this is, this isn't really a humble brag, but it kind of is. It, come on now. When Paranormal Activity uh, came out, I was living look in. At, look at Nate. You've told me the story nine times. Have, have I you, told you this one? Yeah, nine times. You I can, was living in Los Angeles. 
and me and Sarah Gurecki, uh, we um, we were living together and we, we were going to the movies and we got a thing. Like if you, if you go to theaters in Los Angeles, sometimes this happens in Chicago, but it's usually in the major markets. They have like focus group testings uh, for movies where they'll be like, hey, do you want to come see this movie? You know, it, it's like sometimes they'll tell you what it is. Sometimes they'll say it's being described as this meets this, you know, and they want to see what audiences think about it. And so we got this thing for this invite and like we were told what the movie was and like Sarah likes scary movies. And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's go check it out because it was going to be on the Paramount lot. And I was like, yeah, let's you know do this. So we get there and we find out what it is. It's, they tell us, you know, it's Paranormal Activity. It's a movie that played at Sam Dance, Slam Dance. Got a lot of buzz after it was picked up. And so we see it in a theater on the Paramount lot. And they actually, uh, it's the kind of screening where they have cameras set up in the theater. Like, you know how they have the night vision shots of the, the audience being scared out of their minds and everything. That's what they use the screening for. And so if you watch the first trailer for Paranormal Activity, you will see me walking into the theater in night vision and also a couple like like reaction shots of, you know, of people like me in the theater as well. Nate is unimpressed. Is that not impressive? No, I'm super impressed. No. That was my impressive. <laughs> Neither <silence>. was I. <laughs> okay, the movie. No, I hate no, you. I'm just fucking. Uh, up. But that, no, no, that's a really cool thing. Once, and, and honestly, what was cool though is because like I wasn't anticipating it like turning into this huge thing, but sure. it became a what, fucking what, huge yeah. movie. Was it genuinely and, and terrifying trip, the, for you? The, no, it was. It was very. Yeah, Sarah, yeah. So Sarah, she likes horror movies, but she gets so scared by them for like a good week or two after the movie. She she was like she didn't freaked out. Yeah, she was freaked out. Like she was she was very scared by it. And. uh it is one of those. To, so, kind of to your point, Nate, where you said I can see why this yep. hit. Yep. In the theater, seeing that movie. Yeah, that's holy what I'm saying. Is shit, I, such I, a fun experience. And it was it, there were scary parts. Sure. I'm not saying, but I man, can understand though the why wave, you guys, what you guys like are talking wave about. Of yeah. emotion. You it's know, seen it. It seems like a film that it would be a memorable experience to see with others. Packed house. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And this, what was fun for me too, was because we saw it so early, like before it became this huge thing. By the time it came out, which was like months later i was like so excited i was i was like telling my parents i was like you guys have to go see <laughs> this movie see like this, this is going to be so much fun uh so yeah so uh very quickly my movie this week was frank and weenie you i was supposed to watch you're welcome and it was adorable did you like it i loved it yeah brad kind of seemed to be it's, like talking it, crap about it's it it's okay i i, I thought know. it was i thought it was actually no, really it's really good no, no i think it's charming like i don't i just don't love it it's like for me like uh like the best stop motion movies, like I love Nightmare Before Christmas. I love Coraline. I love Paranorman. Um, Paranorman's actually kind of scary, I think. It is, yeah. Um, but like, I there's something about Frank and Weenie where just like this was at a point where like I'd kind of like lost my, you know, admiration and like enjoyment of a lot of Tim Burton stuff. And this felt like it was it was just m- roughly fine. I just I felt like there so, were other movies that did it a little bit better before. Which and, one did you like better uh, out of the two that you watched? Uh, well, I watched three. Oh, okay. I watched the original Frank and Weenie. Okay. The short film. Which is a 27 minute film. Okay. And uh, so I, I kind of agree with both of you about Frankie Weenie. Like, I really enjoyed the film. But then I also think that for Tim Burton, this is super derivative from the original. Yeah. Like, the 27 minute version is the, he does shot for shot. It's lazy. I, I didn't know Grant, there was a 27 Grant, minute video. Yeah. I didn't the, know that there, there was. It's a live action short film that he made. I didn't know that. With yeah. Daniel Stern as the father no and Shelley Long as the mother. Yeah. And, I a, and I a real dog that. as Frank. And a real dog. And, and so I, and I get there's homage things that you can do, but I mean, he just basically took the scenes shot for shot and just did it in the movie. And that's Grant, fine. But granted, like, there's a little more artistry when it comes to stop motion and animation. No, there you know? absolutely is. But like the, 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 the storyboard was already given to him. Like he didn't have to do much work there. Because it was literally Who a shot made for the shot. The first remake. one, Tim Burton. 
Well, then, I mean... It, oh, sorry. I didn't know that. <laughs> Never mind. I thought he was taking somebody else's... Oh, no. That was his short. Oh, that was his short? Okay. Yeah. Then I... then I Let me just... <laughs> that's, that's good, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I, then I'm talking <laughs> shit. I really thought he just, like, they gave him... No, like, no, hey, I, I'm like, your, is it your his? style? Like, he gets to, he gets I really to thought... Do what he he like, Jesus, you're fucking lazy. What are you doing? <laughs> I am so... I turned and retract everything I just said. That's what you're like. It was a shot. Of course it was. It was his film. I'm so sorry. I was going to say, because I was going to partially agree with him being like, yeah, that's fair. I was like, but, like, it's also, like, his movie and idea. So, of course, he's going to translate. Yeah, stop motion just, I just feel like they, they tapped him to be like, hey, this short that we found, you know, Burton-esque it up and make it a thing. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Well, uh, so yeah, then, then, I, then I side more with Brad. It's a good movie. Or sorry, more with Nate. It's a good movie and less with Brad. It's uh, it thinks it's a bad movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just well, said it's a bad movie. No, no but you it, do this, Brad. You do this where it's like, I don't he, think it's a bad movie. Negative right he, off the top and then like... <laughs> I didn't really say that. But here are all the things I hate about it, and it's a laundry list. No, I don't. And it hurts my feelings every time. There are things that frustrate me about it because it came at a time when I, I wasn't as impressed with Tim Burton's filmmaking anymore. And it's it's a very straightforward Tim Burton macabre the, kind the of movie. exists movie. outside of that one time in your life. So have you seen it since? I haven't seen it since I saw it the first okay. time. Well, watch it again and let us know. And, and I didn't see it new. I saw it with my kids. We were looking for a Halloween film for you know kids kind of thing. And... I, I kind of, like Ben, I found it endearing. I thought it was cute. I thought it was... I also thought that uh, they needed... And I love I love dogs. They needed an antagonist, and so they the, 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 the neighbor character is kind of that, but not really. It, the yeah. real antagonist is the jealousy of yeah. the school children who also want to win first prize at the science fair and figure, like, using his idea of bringing a dog back to life, that'll be our way in, too, as well. Yeah. Uh, they kind of turn on him. Mm-hmm. When originally it's very supportive, and then so it's it's it really is kind of a story about how how you know everybody feels bad for you until they can get something from you, and then they'll just try to use you. Yep, it was that's that's the darker theme of the of the film, and it's really disturbing. Yeah, so that was good. It's it's decent. Yeah, did you watch anything else this week, Brad? Well, I watched the movie that you assigned to me. Oh, uh, did we not talk about that yet? No, because Nate, we, did you watch anything else oh, this boy. week? Uh, no. Okay, Brad, back to you. Uh, so I the movie that you assigned to me, Ben, uh, was Relic, a movie that I actually hadn't even heard of until yeah. you told me about it. Uh, and so this is a movie that stars uh, Emily Mortimer. Uh, she's a, a daughter who has been called upon by her family to go check on uh, their mother, their elderly mother, because uh, she hasn't been picking up the phone and they're they're worried about her. So her and her daughter, who seems like she's like a 20-something person, kind of probably, uh, go to this house um, that's... Uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere not like totally isolated but it's like it's a rural kind of uh setting a little bit they have some neighbors nearby but it's not like a, a normal suburban neighborhood and so they get there uh and the the mother is nowhere to be found and they have no idea where she is and so she's gone for a few days and then uh all of a sudden she's back but she's not quite herself uh and it goes on from there where weird things are happening in the house and she's behaving weird uh, feels a little bit like the visit in a way because you think that she kind of has some yep. kind of sundowners, um, but <laughs> uh, but there is a little bit more to it than that, and it's uh, really what it, it boils down to is it's just this uh, kind of similar to Silent House in the way that that movie is serves as a metaphor for the trauma of sexual assault and like and that things like that. Uh, this movie serves as uh, the horror is a metaphor basically for aging and dealing with like your parents getting older and not being really who they used to be anymore. Mm. But there's a scene in that film where uh, I, that I that was jarring to me that I remember, and and it was is not really a spoiler, but um, the the old lady uh, picks at her face 
Yes. With a knife, I think. She, yeah, she's like, she's poking at her face with a knife. And it's just like taking the skin away and, and she just isn't herself. And you're just. And sim- similarly, she has like this like big bruise on her chest that yeah. kind of turns into this like gaping hole that she like tears at. Yeah. It's just well, a very self injurious behavior. Yeah. And it's crazy. Was she on meth? <laughs> she, not a, even once. Yeah, not even, not even once. Uh, but no, it's um, this so it's it's a pretty good movie too. It's um, it's pretty, it's good. It's it's good. It's pretty, it's pretty basic as far as like the kind of horror it offers. Um, and it's better than good, Brett or uh, Nate. It's got a great Rotten Tomatoes rating. It's no, great. It's, it is pretty good. Um, I th- I've. What seen, do you think that a Rotten Tomatoes score is, Brad? Seventy four. It's ninety two percent. It is ninety. Is it really? Mm-hmm. How many reviews? Four. <laughs> It's that just, math does not work out, by the way. It's just Ben <laughs> creating false accounts. Like watch uh, relic, watch two hundred and thirty reviews. Oh, that's pretty good then. Yeah, that's very impressive. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I do think it's it's a good movie for me. It is. It does. It borders on the familiar, though. Like it's it's not doing anything earth shattering. Except I do appreciate that the the horror itself is not something that necessarily needs to be defeated, and um, the the way the way it handles the the horror itself. Is I think different, I like that about different it than well. what yeah, you expect. Exactly. Tell me if you agree with this, because this kind of sounds like what you're saying. Justin Chang, speaking on Fresh Air, said, there are no shocking twists or contrivances in store and relic, kind of what you're saying, and not a lot of gore either, but it does excel at mining dread and tension from ordinary conversation. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so that seems 100% like, accurate, you know, yeah. like, yeah, that seems like a it does. It does a very good job of creating an unsettling vibe throughout the entire movie, especially yeah. when it comes to uh, the sound design and the soundtrack yeah. that's you, it's very unnerving you already mentioned it though the visit yeah m night Shyamalan, uh is an incredible film i i really love that movie i'm a huge huge fan of that yeah. film so if you have it it's it's kind of went on the radar because it was at the time when m night was not a household name anymore he had fallen well, off. well not that he wasn't a household name sorry it, it was he yeah. wasn't known for making great films anymore yeah uh but it's it was a real return to form for yeah. him and you should watch the funnily visit. enough a movie that has a, a found footage element to yeah. it as well yeah it's really solid i mean bailey and i watched that film and we thought fuck is that that was emily Chal- man yeah. what a great it's supremely creepy it really is good so yeah and i will talk about some other stuff real quick just yeah, because i have been on a run of seeing some new movies because i've been attending the chicago like international three film movies festival. in a day didn't you? i did and two of them weren't even movies that i saw for the festival i just went out of my way to see them because i wanted to um, but so I started off by seeing a couple of press screenings last week. The uh, Lego movie. I watched the Lego movie. I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> uh, but no, so I watched a South Korean movie by Park Chan-wook called uh, Decision to Leave. Uh, and it is this uh, mystery romance thriller hybrid, essentially. Um, and honestly, I don't even really want to tell you what it's about because for me, this was one of those oppor- rare opportunities I had where I hadn't watched a trailer. I didn't read anything about it. I just knew that it was a movie that was getting acclaim and people were saying it was very good. Uh, and I respect Park Chan Wook's reputation as a filmmaker. What 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 have, what is else has he done? So see, he did the original Old Boy, which was remade by Spike Lee, obviously. Uh, but then he's he also did The Handmaiden, which was an, uh, a big one. Stoker, which was his like kind of for, foray into American film, which was which was fine. Uh, but then, like, he's uh, responsible for um, the the Vengeance trilogy too, which is like Lady Vengeance and that kind of thing. So was Stoker a, a Dracula film? It's a vampire movie. Yeah, I mean, I assumed, but yeah. Um. So yeah, there you go. But anyway, so this movie is just, it's just very good. The performances in it are amazing. It's this movie that's kind of like it has this very seductive energy to it. Um, and it's like the way it mixes uh mystery with romance and like a little bit of like uh intrigue. And it's also like somewhat dark and twisted too. And like the story that unfolds and what and what it's really about. 
Uh, so it's like it kind of has the same. Is I won't I I don't want to say you should go into it with expectations as high as something like Parasite, but it is kind of on par with that of like if you just kind of let the story unfold over you and like uh, don't go in knowing as little as possible, like you'll be just really like caught up in it and the story is very compelling and it's just it's it's great to watch decision to leave I'll decision make a note to of leave it. all right what else uh, and then i also watched causeway which is jennifer lawrence's uh new movie it oh is boy. a kind of a big return for her. listeners might know, not know, know this but yeah, he's brad's brad has a little bit of a crush on uh, i do love me some jennifer lawrence um and uh this was kind of her it's, it's i don't want to say comeback but like she took a break after you know having a pretty a uh, big run in the spotlight as far as like awards and doing a ton of movies back to back. And so does she, she have a, a kid or something? She did have a kid as okay. well. Yeah. yeah. And so she's back with this movie called Causeway. Um, and it is a movie that's coming to Apple TV plus later this year. And it's a very understated performance from her. It's not big flashy. It's not melodrama, but it has the, the story that you would expect from like a, a Sundance style movie where she plays this, a woman who has come home after sustaining uh, an injury in Afghanistan while she's doing a tour of duty. And she has to like recover and regain her mobility and her, her motor skills. And she returns back home to new Orleans to kind of like get her head on straight and uh, still continue rehabilitating her, her mind and her body. And she meets Brian Tyree Henry, uh, this auto mechanic, and they strike up this unlikely friendship and it's the kind of thing where like you expect it to turn into, you know, this like romance between them, but it's not that at all. It really is just a friendship and both of their performances are just so they're they're understated where they're not like there aren't these big blow-up scenes where they get into an argument or have something like that. It's a very straightforward kind of drama that just is quiet and contemplative and she she's fantastic in it. Brian Ty- Tyree Henry who has like really become one of my you I know, say, favorite I feel actors like he's, recently. He's um Underheralded, yeah, right, because I and think he's, he's so great on really so many is. films, and I think he should be getting more attention. Yeah, so and uh, they're yeah, they're both really good in this movie, and I just uh, yeah, I really appreciated it for not going for like the easy melodrama that you usually see in movies like this. Is it is it made to be an award season film, or that's what they're hoping for? Because okay. it didn't come out until uh, I think uh, early November, December twenty uh, ninth. <laughs> really right the um, calendar year. But yeah, early November I think is when it comes out on Apple TV Plus, and I think it also has a limited theatrical run. Okay. But yeah, uh, and then I also went out of my way to see Tar, which is the new movie starring Kate Blanchett. Yes, how is that? It is amazing. I, I saw her on Colbert. What is this? I saw her on Colbert, yeah. and I had heard nothing about the film, but she talked about it, and immediately, I, I, I kind of have, I kind of have a crush on Kate Blanchett. I mean, it's, she's getting older. How could I know you this. not? Yeah, but um, I, I'm just enraptured with her. She's yes. so charismatic she's and just, lovely yeah. and like classy she's, she's uh kind of a, a dynamo like yeah you and she talked about the film it. and i thought i don't i don't even know much about it and i no. want to see this so and i uh, this was another one that I, where i what i knew about it was that again it had been acclaimed at uh the festivals where it had played and i knew that she played a uh, a conductor of an orchestra a, re- a revered one but that's all i really knew about it uh, so I went into it having not seen the trailer and just knowing that it was going to be great. And uh, man, this is definitely one of those movies where it's like one of Kate Blanchett's best performances, which is saying something because yeah. she, doesn't, yeah, no she, doesn't, she doesn't give bad performances, uh, but she's uh, amazing in this. Um, and the movie itself is fantastic, too. It's uh, it's on the longer side. It's almost three hours long. It's like uh-huh. two hours and 40 some minutes. Um, and it is, I don't want to say it's a slow burn because I, I never felt like it was slow, but it's, I'm not doing a three hour slow burn, but, that it, is, yeah, but, it, but it is a movie that does gradually, is it, is gradually it build like tar. <laughs> it's a movie that gradually builds in its, its escalation of what happens because the movie itself 
follows this woman who is this renowned and beloved orchestra conductor, like like a genius level kind of uh, you know composer and, and conductor. Uh, and her this base basically a fall from grace uh, from being this great person to like completely ruining uh, her life. And it's she's just, she's great in it. There's this uh, great suspense that runs through it. The the writing is spectacular. Like there's just the, there's dialogue in here that it just crackling and like just it's it's like sorkin level like good um and but yeah it's it was i i was so impressed by it got movie. a six minute standing ovation at the venice film fest That's here's, here's the thing i'll say about standing ovations fuck them <laughs> I, I i i can't stand hearing about, about standing about ovations. charlie chaplin <laughs> you know it's you know it, it is just, funny though it speaks to the fact that you just don't respect history the standing I, ovations at film festivals are such a stupid circle I, jerk. And I, like, I was just saying, because like, uh, I've wondered that before, where people are like, an 11 minute standing ovation. I'm like, who's timing it? Also, I'm sorry, I've clapped at concerts before, and uh, after about 30 seconds, your hands hurt. Yeah. So 11 minutes, go fuck yourself. And I'm a man. I'm a I, man. I'm a, well, I have weak hands, but I, I don't love the fact that, like, you're saying that you're, you're telling me that people literally went like and slapped their palms together. Well, some, For of, 11 well some of them get quiet and then other ones pick it up and get louder. And then the ones who are quiet, are like, oh, okay, we're back to doing the stronger class. You really think that that's what it is? It's like the goddamn wave at a baseball stadium? No, honestly, the, well, Co- pa- it just goes around. Partially, the way that it works is because A, a lot of the clapping they just do throughout the credits because it's people who are not only clapping for the movie. But it's people who worked on the movie, clapping for themselves, clapping for the production company, clapping for the people who are in attendance. Like, Didn't the whale get like a twelve minute standing? Yeah, because the credits were twelve minutes. <laughs> they're not, but like, but but it, it's it is because like like Brendan Fraser was there, and so like they like they're paying respect by clapping not only at him I mean, but, but the movie. Every and, every Marvel movie has a thirty seven minute standing ovation, and here's why: the, the credits, credits are thirty seven minutes. minutes long. But no, there is some of it where people just do clap through the credits, and it's just kind of like a festival etiquette, especially at stuff like the Venice Film well, Festival or, can, or Con. If, like if a lot of industry people that worked on that movie are exactly. there, especially and if this the actor or director are there, yeah, yeah. and that because and I know that because it happens at Sundance too. You know, like there's not only is there whooping and cheering during the production logos in the beginning because everyone's sure. there and they're, and they're like, "Ooh, there's, <laughs> our, there's our swirling circle and t- the tiger title. jumping through it." Working title. <laughs> yeah. um, but then also the credits, you clap for the director and the, the stars when that does the cast listing and all that shit. So. What's your favorite logo? Ooh, that's a I'll good be. question. So, uh, more re- more recently, one of my favorites is... Of production companies? Yeah. Or? yeah what's um, your favorite production company logo? Uh, Rogan, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg's company, Point Grey Productions. They, oh, the, the sketch? Well, so, but they they change it depending oh. on the movie that they're doing. Oh, okay. So, I, I, I like that they do that. Uh, oh, that's cool. Um, I like the... Um, I like the... Is it the Judd Apatow with the coffee and the gun? No, that's Gary Sanchez production. I like that one. And they changed it because uh, the gun. Yeah, they got because Adam McKay is definitely someone who pays sure. attention to that, and they changed it to a whip now. Okay, no, I still like that one. Classically, I like Orion. Oh, Orion's good. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, the classically. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sentimental a little bit about the DreamWorks animation. The uh, oh sure, the fish, the boy you know, on the yeah, D. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's kind of a nice one. Too. Um, yeah, because that was a, a DreamWorks SKG, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do you know what the SKG stands for? Uh, Spielberg, uh, Kilimanjaro. No, no, I can get this SKG. Spielberg, something in Geller. No, Spielberg, uh, Katzenberg, Geller, and, and Geffen. Geller, Geffen. Monica, Monica Geller. Ross Geller. Ross. Geller. I got. Listen, I I'm so happy that I knew it was Spielberg. Yep, that's all. That's good. You got the most famous filmmaker. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. I didn't say Scorsese. 
I said Spielberg. I don't know if you guys heard Scorsese. He's not, not great. Not anyway. uh, All Jesus. right. What do we got? Uh, so, we uh, and so, Trailers? Uh, so, and then... Uh, okay. More? You'll watch more movies? Real quick. I literally saw, saw 19 movies this week. What I saw, was the pace of Tar? Was it like Tar? I saw Don't Worry, Darling. It's fine. It's, it is... For, Wait, it's fine? Because... Is it fine? It's fine. It's it's fine. It is an average. It's fine. It's fine. Yes. It's fine. It is a perfectly average movie. It is a story average familiar that you've seen before. It is not worth all of the fucking but drama did, that came out is, of this movie. Did that factor in? No. That's the thing. Is like I I because and first for did me you sit down going this better be fucking good. No, not of- not at all. Because and especially because. I had already heard uh, long before there was ever any talk in, in uh, the press about drama. One of uh, the writers at Slash Film attended an early like test screening of it when she was still showing it to people to get like reactions and stuff like that. And so, and she when she came back, she was like, "Yeah, this movie's fine." So my expectations were already like, "Oh, this is going to be an okay movie." And I, uh, the drama did nothing to like impact how, what I thought about it. If anything, I probably like ended up liking it more than people who got caught up in the drama because I think Florence Pugh is great in the movie. I think Harry Styles is very good in the movie. I think Chris Pine uh, is is great in the movie. But the movie itself doesn't do anything groundbreaking with the kind of story it's telling. You Once you f- figure out what's going on, sure. you're like, oh, I've seen this before. That's all this is. Yeah, like, it was Knives Out. So, yeah, f- fine. Uh, and then you brought up The Whale. I saw The Whale uh, on Saturday evening. Um, and let me say that the movie is not as good as the performance that Brendan Fraser gives. Uh, the performance that Brendan Fraser gives is one of the best in his career. Duly, like, he's getting a lot of praise for it. Well yeah. well worth it. Well worth it. The, the hype is real. Believe the hype that Brendan Fraser is amazing in this movie. Um, the movie around him, uh, as often is the case with Darren Aronofsky movies, um, a mixed bag yeah. of, like, how well, the story that he's telling and what he wants to say. Yeah. Um, he he has a fascination with religion that I don't entirely understand, like what he's trying to do with it, with the stories that he's trying to tell. Um, but uh, does on, it feel like he's trying to force? Not that he's forcing it. I just it's just it's it's more fascinating because I'm not entirely sure what like he's trying to what he's trying to it. yeah what he's trying to do with it because gotcha. like when you look at movies like uh, Noah and the Fountain um, and and stuff like that, it, I just it's. Yeah, it's really interesting. Mother, right? Mother. Yeah, Mother's another one, yeah. Um, and yeah, so the, the movie itself uh, has has some compelling aspects to it. I, I, I didn't come away disliking it, but the movie just felt a little bit disjointed to me. And so will Brendan Fraser be up for Academy? 100%. Yeah. And I would be surprised if he didn't win. Yeah. How and great and same that, with Kate Blanchett and Tar. How, how great would that be, though? I mean, oh, yeah. like, incredible. Because, yeah. again... He's had a lot taken from him yeah. from the industry, these kind of things. What's and especially interesting, too, is that Darren Aronofsky uh, didn't look at Brendan Fraser because he thought, oh, this will be a great you know, comeback for Brendan oh, Fraser. Yeah. He hadn't even really like seen a lot of Brendan Fraser's work from the 90s. Like He hasn't seen, he hadn't seen School Ties. He hadn't seen George of the Jungle or you know, any, or any of the Cino things. Man or anything. Yeah, he, like, he, he knew, knew some things, but like... He had a meeting with Brendan Fraser, and like he's like honestly, I could tell that this was like he was he was hungry for a part like this, um, and like we did it just like really really jibed, and like I felt like he was the right right person for it. Man, if they if they bring back him in in, in a fourth Mummy movie now, just yeah. because he gets because because now Hollywood's back on his side for whatever reason they yeah. should have been the whole time, but whatever. I cannot tell you how excited so many of my friends would be about that. It would be awesome. It would be incredible. Yeah. They should make a um, a, a Batwoman or Batgirl film with him in it. 
Cool. For those of you that don't know, <laughs> I, just, I, was, I was hoping you would let me do it. Cool. There's, Moving on. there's a Batgirl movie that they did make, and he was supposed to be in as the villain, but now it's not coming uh, out. Fair enough. All right. So what are we doing next? Uh, let's did you get, trailers. Hey, did you watch Halloween Ends? What? Why would I do that? Because it just came out? No. Brett, I watched the movies I'm assigned to watch, and then I also watched the short Frankenweenie movie, and I opened an arcade. Okay. I was very busy. And, the last and, movie. And, I, and he thought that the Frankenweenie movie. <laughs> the original Frank <laughs> movie wasn't made by Tim Burton. I didn't know. And he was mad about it. Yeah. I was mad. I was like, yeah, he's. Wow, he just stole some other filmmakers' hey, shots and ideas? Really well, derivative, Tim Burton. Here's, and the reason I have that <laughs> opinion of him is because uh, Nightmare Before Christmas isn't really a Tim Burton film. But that's not his fault. That I know, that's just bad. people saying. Yeah, it's just people being stupid. What do you mean? Like, he didn't. He, he doesn't, doesn't say it's he didn't his say, he, Yeah, he doesn't come out and say, like, this is my movie. Like, it's called Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas because he produced it in the same way that there's movies that say Steven Spielberg presents. People just don't understand that or Tim Oprah. Burton didn't direct that movie because it feels so tied into his style. They, so they just don't know that Henry Selick directed Nightmare Before Christmas. Tim Burton didn't like position it so that everyone like thinks that he directed it. You know, that's just uh, no, he did. I mean, the 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 shitty thing about it is that Henry Selick uh, doesn't really get much money when it comes to the uh, the royalties for Nightmare Before Christmas merchandise. Right. Um, so that that's kind of shitty. But yeah. uh, anyway, I watched Halloween Ends, and here's if you if you've paid attention to any of the online chatter, you'll see that this is uh, a divisive movie, and for good reason. And it does something completely unexpected from the rest of the Halloween franchise. It actually kills Michael Myers. Well, I mean, that goes without saying because it's <laughs> Halloween ends. But and that's not, that's not even really a spoiler. If you didn't think Michael Myers was going to die at the end of this movie, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you. What? But so, but honestly, the story it tells is not your prototypical Halloween movie. It it takes some big swings and does some really bold things. And in the moment while I was watching it, I thought it was weird, and I wasn't really like super into it, but I was very like fascinated and intrigued by it and i honestly haven't been able to stop thinking about it since i saw them <laughs> what yeah for real it does some very strange things and stuff that, that is just is is not typical of the halloween franchise uh, and because of that it's been getting praise from people who love the franchise and like like those kinds of things for me i didn't quite feel enamored by it when i saw it but i keep thinking about it and like honestly the more i've thought about it i've been warming up to it a little bit and so what i what i'm going to do this week is I'm going to watch it again because I want to see it. Wow. I want to see it now that the now that the the surprise has worn off and like the novelty of sitting there and being like, "What the fuck is going Brad, on?" What is I'm it, gonna see it again. What is it like? And to have, I'm getting the logo tattooed on my butt. What is it like to have just two extra hours? See, here's the thing. I love that you sit there and you say like, "What's it like to have two extra hours?" When I'm watching movies, I'm working. Whether so, whether you think I am or not, but, but because because I'm not, I'm not sitting there watching I'm Halloween not, ends again. Do you really need to? Yeah, because that's the thing is I'm looking at it from with a different perspective and analyzing it from a di- in a different way because I now know the story and I'm looking at it and I'm appreciating it for what they're trying to do rather than judging it on immediately what I've seen. And there's been times where I've come to appreciate certain movies and and like people at large have where movies were unappreciated at the time they come out. And then ten years down the road, they're reassessed, and people like them more. So watch it in ten years. So no, but in this case, as I've been thinking about it, because yeah. I, because I, like I said, it, God damn it, it, now I have to watch this. It does, movie. it does en- enough weird and new things 
that I haven't been able to stop thinking about. I'm trying to reconcile whether or not I whether or not I don't like it. But or whether I saw or not your I Twitter do. post about like uh, that you posted this the, your ranking of the Halloween movies and you put this one behind Halloween Kills. Yes, and that was before. But I, I'm still thinking about it, and I maybe I might reassess that. Are you sure it's not just you're lonely? <laughs> I mean, my girlfriend has been gone for months. Utah. So you're like, I'm gonna watch Halloween Kills again. I'm like, okay, well, but that's that's actually buddy, on the buddy. checklist right now. Or, or Halloween ends again. That's on the checklist of depression symptoms that yeah. we need to check on your friends. <laughs> but no, I I do want to rewatch it, and it's and it's and it's not free time. Like I, I'm doing this because yeah. like as a way of like sharpening my perspective on this movie and really trying to reconcile the, how I feel about it. There was something about the film that's there that you still can't put your finger on. That yeah, has resonated with you longer than it should have. Yeah, exactly. And I and I I and I especially because I've been reading what people like uh, Slash Films chief film critic Chris Evangelista who loved this, and I anticipated he would. Uh, because he does like things like this, and after hearing like him talk about certain things and reading what some other people have written, it has m- helped me like kind of reconsider and appreciate aspects that I otherwise might have thought were a detriment to the movie, but I think might actually make it better than it initially seemed. Let's talk about some trailers pretty quickly here because I know we've been talking about a lot of stuff. Speaking of Halloween ends, this is a trailer that I saw in theaters, and it wasn't available online yet, and it came out online the next day. It's the trailer for the reboot of House Party. hey If you would have told me that there was a reboot of House Party and I needed to watch the trailer, which you did, uh, I would have been like, okay. <laughs> and now I, I did that. I was like, okay. I watched it. Holy fucking shit. That's how you make a trailer. Seriously, this- It looks so good. It looks great. It looks amazing. I was flabbergasted by how good this looked. I was sitting there watching the trailer in the theater. I was be like, wow. I laughed out loud multiple times and yeah. not just like small laughs. You were there. I, you, yeah. I was- <laughs> you could fall laughing. Yes. Yeah, it really did. It's very funny. It's very, very funny. I am very excited to see how this turns out because it, it seems like it's going to be great. In this reboot, they are basically, instead of uh, throwing a house party uh, anywhere, they are throwing a house party at LeBron James's home. Who and LeBron James the film. produced the film. So then he has a cameo as a hologram mm-hmm. in, the, in the film, which makes it meta as hell. And he's poking fun at himself or at himself so much he's poking so much fun at himself it's so fun to watch that yeah you just you get lost in that little moment it makes it real it makes the film mean more i'm a sucker for buddy comedies you know like just just guys that love each other that also just have good comedy like you know uh relationships and it looks like that's what's gonna be like these two are just seem to have the chemistry it doesn't have a ton of people in it, right? The director is the director of the Old Town or the Nasex, Lil Nasex, uh, music video. He's not done a lot of stuff. Uh, well, that video. Oh, it's a great video. He directed. You mean he, the director that directed Chris Rock? Yeah. The Old Town Road. Yeah, he was in Old Town. You didn't see the video? I thought it was um, the guy with the mullet. I don't know about that, but Chris Rock is in the video for Little Nas X's Old Town Road. I'll have to rewatch it. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, so it's him. The actors, I honestly didn't know no. a lot about. Um, so it's a film that you're not going to see because of who who's made it, in it, who's in it, these kind of things. But when you watch the trailer. How do you not want to go see that film? I really want to see this film. Yeah, it looks silly as hell. Uh, a little bit of like Weekend at, Bur- at Bernie's vibes. A little bit with like them just like having this crazy, crazy house that they get to play in and being best friends. It's it's just really cool. Yeah, and uh, Kid and Play, who were the stars of the original House Party, uh, famously hip hop artist, 
do have a very quick cameo. In I had this, to in pause this it. I had to. I'm like, oh, I was like, did you see that. Kid and Play? Holy yeah, it's, no, it's well, super because quick. when you see it, you're gonna be like, oh, we're getting a lot older. <laughs> yeah, for 100. Uh, percent But yeah, this looks very funny. I'm 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 now very excited to see this. This is originally supposed to be an HBO Max movie, and then they were like, no, we're gonna put this in theaters. So good, good choice. You don't see many comedies making that jump these days. Kid and Play, now known as Man and Sit. And it comes out January 13th. Yes. Bad joke. Next year. It was. What's the next one? Uh, and then we also watched the trailer for Megan or <laughs> M3GAN. Mithrigan. Me- Mithrigan. Mithrigan. Uh, oh, my gosh. This what the movie fuck was looks this? so it's bonkers. bonkers. That's some interesting dancing. It- <laughs> oh, thank you. I said the same thing. So, the, uh, Brad, please explain what this trailer is first, and then let me talk it about the dancing. It freaked me out, by the way, guys. This it trailer did, freaked, freaked me out. It freaked me the out. fuck out. Yeah, so the movie is uh, a familiar premise. Um, there, Allison Williams stars in this movie, and uh, her niece, I think it is, um, their, her par- parents have parents died. just died, and so she's taking care of her, and as a way to help uh, cope with it, she introduces her to this android that she has created with the hope of comforting children like her who have lost family members. And it's this uh, not quite lifelike, but still very advanced android. And I very much what Elon Musk is trying to build. It is a very uh, important point here that the the ant built the robot. Yes, and it's not just one she bought. Right. She yeah, she she is she's yeah. the creator of this robot, so yeah. she knows uh, a lot about it's, it and how to, how to operate it and yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. And so she introduces the kid to the robot. They become very good friends, and of course, the robot becomes uh, fiercely protective. Of uh, this little girl, and in a we, very psychopathic way. Yeah, we have a very uh, a child's play kind of scenario here. Absolutely, it did remind me a little bit of child's play. Of Absolutely. course, how could it not? But it has this flair uh, because because <laughs> because it is. Uh, from, it reminds you of like the Fortnite dances that they do. I mean, there is there is that to it, uh, but it also comes, uh, you know, from uh, a story by James Wan, and of it, course. it has some malignant vibes to it. Oh, for sure. Where it's definitely a more outlandish, you yeah. know, uh, horror where it's kind of funny while still being unsettling, yeah. and uh, it really shoots for the moon. Yeah, it goes it's crazy. The same writer, right, of the both films? James Wan? No, Akilah Cooper. Yeah, yeah. She well, James Wan did the story, and then and yep. then she wrote the screenplay. And yes, she also wrote *Malignant*. Yep. Gotcha. That makes perfect sense because that's this is like if if *Malignant* was *Child's Play*. Yeah. <laughs> that's what this is. It's crazy. The the android, you know, clearly it learns and develops, and so originally the dancing that it does is is just still the dancing is like two-thirds of the way through the trailer. Yep. It's already freaky. And then, then the dancing gets then, there, and then, you're like, but then I but don't Nate, know what Nate, to do with this. But then when it cuts to her dancing in the hallway and it's very fluid and it's it's much better, it's somehow worse. Oh. Like, it's so much more it's creepy. It's going to fill my nightmares. The uncanny, the uncanny valley aspect of it, it honestly might give me nightmares. Oh, it yeah. No, so I, I, no, freaking creepy. These are the things, yeah, that scare me. Holy I, hell. I don't like it. I cannot wait to see yeah. I laughed and, like, I said, what the hell or what the fuck or what the shit, like, nine times watching this trailer. It looks bonkers. And the use of the Taylor Swift song in this trailer is oh, particularly absolutely. creepy as well. So good. So, yeah. yeah man. We're, I'm happy with this. When's it come out? Uh, Megan 
comes out. And then is it also, does it stream or will it be in the theaters? It's coming to the theaters. It's coming to theaters and it will be released on a date that I am looking at on this profile if I can get it up properly. It's true that Just you do like have a problem getting it wiener. up properly. Uh, it comes also, out. Also, don't search Megan date. Uh, actually, it looks like the same weekend as House Party, January 13th, 2023. I have that written down on my notes. You son of a bitch. No, no, no. I have it written down. I'm like, oh, I must have. I must have copied and pasted oh. that wrong or something. <laughs> oh, like it's the same so it's going to be a big yeah. competition, whether Megan or the house party, party gets your Megan. money. You know what? Go see them both, guys. Yeah, you know, do a double feature. Hey, we, hey, out of those two, which one would you rather see first? Uh, I think for me personally, you watch House Party first and then you watch Megan after because you end with a horror movie. Nope. I end with the comedy to yeah. make things right. I again. agree with that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why would you go home scared? <laughs> I know, exactly. Because, well, typically I would watch the matinee and it would be light out. And so then I think that the house see party, the horror movie first. Well, no, because then it, like you would like take a break and go out and get it soda, and it would still be light out, and it would be good. Yeah, so see the horror movie first. Come out, get a refill on your drink while it's still daylight. Go see a comedy. Go home laughing and not nah, traumatized. Yourself. No, I, I disagree. I think you you I want to leave the theater creeped out. Like that's that's the whole goal oh, of the no, horror. No, movie. I don't. Uh, I, don't. I, just, I want to leave the theater like emotionally. Really? I'm not being kind of serious here. Like I, I like leaving oh, no, with no, like no. that. Oh, that's that's what a horror movie does to you. I'm not gonna lie. I don't mind that sometimes, but like if given a choice, I'll see the comedy. As the second movie. Okay. Fair I enough. Want, I want to come home laughing and feeling good. Hey, guys. My endorphins are flaring for a good reason. What's an endorphin? It's uh like a, a porpoise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. They're only down in Florida. All right, guys. Let's talk about a question before we end here. It's uh, going to be a long one or a short one? Let's, let's do a short conversation. We don't have that much time left. All right. Let's talk. We've talked about in the previous episodes, what's the film that's made you cry the most? We got really sad together. We cuddled together. Let's talk about what is the film that has made you laugh more than any other film, and that probably if you watch right now, it'd still make you laugh. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got two answers in this. Locked and loaded. Locked and loaded. Wow, because oh, I I have to think about this. No, because yeah. I I specifically re- remember these two seeing these two movies and how hard uh, I laughed at. Is them. it as a child? Or, no, these okay. are these are more recent movies. Like that comedies I saw as an adult. Right, uh, the first one is Tropic Thunder. Um, Every single moment with Tom Cruise in this movie sent me into a laughing hysterical fit. Especially the part that I laughed the hardest at is when Tom Cruise is talking to the 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 drug link. Re- literally take two steps back and literally <laughs> fuck your face. Don't don't ruin. Right? Is don't, that what it is? Yeah, but don't your, yeah, but don't ruin face. it. Is he's talking to him and he fuck says face. he's like okay, flaming dragon, fuck face. Why don't you take a step back and literally fuck your own face and just the intensity. And the seriousness with which Tom Cruise delivers the lines. And because of the way he looks in all of that makeup, like just a complete Hollywood douchebag, I lost my mind. I and was right after that, doesn't it? Diet Coke. I was laughing. So, no, he hangs up the phone and he goes, We don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, I, I laughed. I, I just, yeah, I, I will always remember that as one of the hardest times to laugh. The other time, and this was more of a consistent. Uh, ongoing like laughter. This is a movie that I I love that I wish got more attention and any opportunity I get I will make sure to show it to people. Uh, and that's the movie They Came Together, which is a romantic comedy parody uh, that is directed by David Wayne. It stars Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd, and it is a straight up spoof of movies like You've Got Mail, Sleepless in Seattle, primarily romantic comedies that take place in New York for the most part. 
Uh, and it is just, it's like it's like Airplane or The Naked Gun or Young Frankenstein. It like does straight up parody moments of all the cliches and romantic comedies. The hardest that I laugh in this movie is there is a moment where Paul Rudd is down on his luck. He's broken up with his uh, his fiance, and he's been splashed by by a taxi driving by on a puddle. And he goes into this bar, and the bartender says, "He's like, well, you've had a rough day." And he's like, "Yeah, tell me about it." He's like, "Well, you came in here looking like crap, and you haven't said very much. You can say that again." Well, you came in here looking like crap and you haven't said very much. Yeah, tell me about it. This goes on for like seven or eight back and forths of saying the same lines. And it's the kind of thing where it's hilarious when it starts. And then you're like, okay, we're done with this joke. And then it keeps going. It's very David Letterman. Yeah. And you just, and like, I just, I laughed so hard as it continued. And it was, I remember, I'll remember this too because I went to the Sundance premiere for this movie and I had never heard an entire theater roaring with laughter so consistently throughout the premiere of this movie and I, yeah i just I, I love this movie to pieces i i watched it so many times with so many people and i love watching people like discover and just laugh at this movie Nate, this is a really tough question because i, I love comedies I, I just genuinely love comedies i went through a season of depression where i only watched comedies because it was the only thing that brought kind of joy in a moment. Um, so there's a lot I could put on there. I feel tension, though, about like I feel like I should pick an older movie, an airplane or something like that, because they, they did make me laugh. But really not the most that I've ever laughed, probably. Maybe if I was an adult when some of these movies came out, I would probably have laughed harder. There are other films that certainly I laughed at when I was in middle school that Tommy Boy, these kind of things that I laughed so hard at um, because they 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 met my humor at the time. They were they were quintessential middle school boy movies, right? Made by adults. But I probably would pick if I had to pick a film that I've laughed the most at, that I've watched over and over again, that still makes me laugh every time I see it. It would probably be super bad. Um, I choice. I laugh at that film. And the jokes don't get old to me. I still laugh because it's not—it's not just comedy about jokes. It's situations, and the situations get me to laugh every time. It could be as simple as you know, middle school or high—they're high school boys, and and I was as juvenile in high school as well, right? And so it kind of brings you back to your juvenile kind of behaviors. Ever, everyone knew people like this had friends like this in in high school like they just it just works so well as characters that like you universally like identify and recognize and and i had friends that i i i genuinely of course we wouldn't say it at the time i genuinely loved like like they love each other like like when we went to college we got really sad because we weren't going to be together anymore and so like that whole dynamic i get i the dynamic of going out and not knowing what you're going to do but knowing that by the end of the night, and it might not even have anything to do with alcohol at the time, but at the end of the night, there's going to be shenanigans and you're going to have a blast. I, I love that film. I laugh so hard at it. The other one that I would maybe include as part, maybe could include in there that I laugh almost equally as amount is um, is Bridesmaids. I think Bridesmaids is hilarious bridesmaids was close for being one of one of the movies that i I laughed Um, hardest. so i would maybe that would be probably two for me but um yeah uh that is a film that again so much comedy comes at you 
constantly, but it's not slapstick as much. There is actually a little slapstick in there. But oh, like, sure. oh, yeah. Um, she but, shits in the middle of the road. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That, there's Spoiler that. alert, bud. It happens. You said that we can only do it at the end of the movie. And let's be honest, that happens pretty early but on. But that's a character-defining moment where like, there's a real turn for the characters. Okay, easy. And, and it's, it's one of those things, though, where that whole thing for five minutes is one laugh after another absolutely yeah and every character is doing something in that scene specifically you're talking about that is hilarious every character is doing something and it's just it's just so well written so well performed like i said i feel a little ridiculous picking movies probably that are newer than they should no no i'm gonna do the same thing but i would say those probably and honestly i think it's it's probably easier to pick those more recent movies because when you're older your sense of humor is more refined you understand different kinds of jokes and honestly i i would argue that most of the time it's the r-rated comedies when you're adult that usually do get you and hit you harder because there are the jokes are more plentiful because you don't have to like censor yourself and that's not to say jokes are only funny when they're raunchy but typically the comedies that i love are usually the ones that are r-rated whether it's because of language or content you know and and again not that they're old old but you know that film is what 11 12 years old now it, i think it was made in 2011 brian's maze was yeah. i'm still laughing at it as hard yeah. as i did i don't laugh at billy madison as hard as i didn't as i did in middle school it's sure. still super funny there's it, a lot of it's, scenes it's great. that are funny but there's it's dated dumb and dumb I will, same way i will I, say i i actually still laugh pretty consistently at happy gilmore Yep, I pray that would be. Actually, I'd probably laugh harder at that one than I did even when I was younger. Me that too. was when um, I was a, when I was a kid. That was the movie where like I had a fit of laughter uh, when the kid goes into the batting cage and gets hit with the ball, yep. just because the sound he makes is just perfect. And also when he uh, loses his mind and uh, on the clown on and the then, golf course. As a, so that I laughed at those exact things, right? And then when I got a little older and I saw the um, it's Jim Downey. As the yeah. host yep. of the game show, and he says the whole that's a very iconic line. Oh yeah, we are all now stupider or whatever, yep. dumber for hearing that answer. I remember as an adult laughing so hard at yeah. that because, and I missed that as a kid. Of course, that's the most boring part of the movie when you're a kid. Yeah, there's nothing. Nobody's getting hit in the balls, and you also appreciate more. Uh, like, there's jokes that like they're funny for a different reason when you're younger, and they're funnier when you're older. Like uh, when Bradley Whitford gets pushed over the bench and the cuts the kids, and he's like. Do you see that guy's balls? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were weird looking. <laughs> and and you know, like the the Saigon whore that bit off my nose and the, yep. the oh, you know yes. turn this good great great wonderful <laughs> like it's just there's just so much to love about that movie. Yeah. All right. So I, just wh- you know the the Saigon whore thing from Dirty Work. Oh, is it really? Yeah. What's the? Oh, so in the um, you know you're right in the bus scene in Happy Gilmore he has a nose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, you're exactly right. All right, so Ben, what would you pick them? Uh, I'm going to go with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, oh, uh, okay. no. No, I'm not. I'm not. It's a joke. Go ahead. Uh, no, no. I uh, Honestly, the, the I'm only going to go off of the last time I was in the theater, and I remember laughing so hard that I couldn't contain myself, and that was MacGruber. I laughed so utterly. I did a spit take for the last time. I haven't done one since. I was literally drinking a Sprite. I remember I was drinking a Sprite and I was glancing down and I looked up and it was a scene where MacGruber was bent over the desk with his ass hanging out trying to, you can fuck me when you, and whatever that scene was, I just remember because I had looked down, I didn't see him take off his pants. 
And so when that, I looked up, a little and his, shocked, he was, too. I was, and I, I remember I spit it out. I, I was one of those people. I was <laughs> the like, whole I scene have, is so funny. I gotta clean this up. <laughs> That's all I kept thinking. I'm an adult man, and I spit in a theater. Like it was a literal spit take, and it, it just it one after another yeah. after another. The graveyard scene where he's having sex with a ghost and just it's so huh, silly. Wow, huh, wow, <laughs> it's just so goddamn. Funny. I I always laugh. I love. Oh my god, it's so funny. So it, many it brought things. tears to my eyes. The uh, after the funeral and Powers Booth says he was like very touching speech, MacGruber. He's like maybe would have used less profanity. Yeah. He's like he's like well they were fucking great guys and this is a fucking asshole of a day. <laughs> It's just and Dieter von Kampf and just yeah. you know Val Kilmer's great in it. Just tell me what you want me to fuck. <laughs> exactly. Just tell me what you want me to fuck. So I did see, as oh. any of our listeners for the SNL podcast, I think as well know that I did not see MacGruber until last eight months or so. I did not watch the show yet. Did you watch the show, Ben? Oh no, I I I, I try. I got it. Great. I got into it. I know Brad did. I started watching it. It was one of those things like we all do. I started the first couple of episodes. I liked it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. And then I just didn't. Yeah. And I need to do that. Because, of course. Uh, But yeah, the the movie itself, it's right online. It was that or Popstar. Popstar oh, man. never Pop stopped stopping. Is Pop is the other one where we I saw, remember. We saw Popstar early. Yeah. We went to the Alamo Draft House when there was still one up in Kalamazoo. They had oh. like a special screening. Yeah, we that we was cried. we cried laughing. Yeah, we were crying. I laughing. was crying, and it was and it was all the way through. Yeah, like, that yep. movie was just not. I, I just jokes. I don't remember. I was I haven't ever been as tired from laughing as I was at MacGruber or at Popstar. But so I, those are kind of what I loved about Popstar too is. Um, I typically go into comedies and be disappointed. I'll laugh, but again, it, it wasn't as good as I thought it yeah. should be. Popstar exceeded my expectations because I went in not expecting to laugh as much as I did. I thought when, it was going to be fine. When the bar is low good. and you, you're blown away, that's, yeah. of course. And, that's and the, I, the I came out just thinking, this was just yeah. so freaking funny. And it's the kind of movie that, that was so funny and so good that like I was genuinely mad. That like people didn't yep, go see it and that, and that it bombed at the box office. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? What do you want? This what do is, you people want? Seriously, this is one of the best comedies of the 21st century, and you're just sleeping on it. Thank, thankfully, I feel, I think people is that why you hate people? It's a big part of it. <laughs> people don't give comedy the respect it deserves. Uh, but no, I, I do think the movie has found a good size audience yep. since it has been released on home video and stuff. But but yeah, I wish they would have turned out to see it. And honestly, what's super impressive is that uh, Akiva Shaffer, man, he like. As many times as he has made comedies that have done shit business at the box office, I am so glad that people keep taking a chance on him and letting him make comedies because, like, as many times as he's had movies that have not done a pro- profit return, like, he should be in director jail forever. Comedy but films just don't do well at the theater anymore, and it's sad to me. I mean, there was a time when they did. I would say that the early 2000s uh, through... The the Anchorman genre. Yep. Yeah, like yep. basically yep. Judd Apatow Judd Apatow and Adam McKay and people, anyone who was doing work with them around that yeah, time. Yeah, it was like the, the knocked-up Anchorman, yep, exactly. Stepbrothers, 40-year-old version, yeah. Stepbrothers, Wedding Crashers, then, Role though, Models. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Even Get Him to the Greek probably did good business back then. I think it was pretty decent at the time. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But I think that's and like the tail end seen that of movie. That, that is the tail end, I yeah. think. Yeah. I've never seen that one, actually. It's good. I like it. Is it good? I think it's fun. I don't think it's as good as Forgetting Sarah Marshall. No, no, no absolutely not. not. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is like an all-time also, great Also, by the way, comedy. Role Models, to me, is Love super underrated. It's Agreed. so good. That Agreed. was another movie that I was totally caught off guard by how good it was. How good it was. Me and some friends went to, they did a free universal, like it was like a word of mouth screening where they would go to colleges and show movies early to get like the buzz going on it. And man, we were so surprised by how good it was. 
I remember my favorite scene in that film isn't isn't any of the big ones. It's just when he's playing Kiss for the kid, and he's like, "Cause the gun is his dick. The love gun is his dick." And it's just I I laughed just hard, just so hard. Sean William Scott, he's brilliant. Hilarious he's in that fucking movie. great. That was Ugh. made in uh, 2008, and it was one of the first times I got to experience Jane Lynch as well. Oh, yeah. Who was hilarious yeah. in that yeah. film. Yeah, you don't bullshit a bullshitter. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you like this stupid podcast, please rate us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Butt Buds, uh, Listen Leader, and... the Earworm. Yeah, Earbugs. Uh, <laughs> make sure you just uh, like our Facebook page if you want updates about the show because we provide so many of them. Uh, <laughs> and shout out to listener Aaron who commented on our, our... Thank you so much for listening, Aaron. Dude, that made my day. I read yeah. that comment. I was like, oh my God, is this somebody who actually listened to our podcast? Good and for it was, you. And it was a great answer. Network was, is network fantastic. Network is fucking letter perfect so Nate, have good, you seen network you. i have not oh looks like we've got a once we get out of spooky season i know I just, oh, you yeah, want me sorry. to do that instead of a horror no no, no. november no. Yeah. 3rd or whatever that's gonna be your movie guys i'm gonna own you guys for christmas movies i'm gonna oh, own you boy. not if i watch them all first <laughs> <laughs> good for you uh, <laughs> we're gonna do it what bye everybody bye not cheating eh?